boom, just like that. It's Thursday night, and you know what that means. It's party time. Get your beers or drinks up in the air. And cheers with us, the video bros. I'm Bobby Munson, the man beside me, the man with the angelic voice, Papa Smokes. Papa Smokes, happy holidays, brother, and, and the new year's upon us. How are you doing? So good that I think Papa Smokes has frozen out on us already. Other than that, or I have uh, chat. Let me know which one of us has dropped out of here. If you could, Quiller, real quickly. Oh, man. Oh, Right Papa in the Smokes, middle of my back. intro. <laughs> my God, right in the middle of my intro. How dare we? How dare we? How are you doing, brother? You're back from the dead. How's it going? Oh, man, Munson. It's Thursday night. I'm pumped up. I'm here to do Ring Respect Radio. Let's talk about some wrestling. Let's talk about all kinds of stuff, Munson. Tis the season to be jolly. We're right in between Christmas and New Year's. This is a festive time. We got to have some fun tonight. It really is. And that fun's going to be had as we're joined by friends in the chat here. Saying hello to our good friend, Oled Ed Fries. Saying, I feel like I just saw you guys. I feel the same, Ed, but that's okay. Always up for hanging out with our good friend, Oled, co host of Taking Over, as well as Marvel Talk with Andre C. And you can catch daily episodes at the moment as they go through the reviews of What If Season 2 right now. Uh, saying hello to the voice, Joshua Joseph, JJ, saying what's yeah. up, fellas. Go check out the work of our good friend, JJ, Josh Joseph, there a moment with Joshua Joseph, great friend of a good supporter here of the channel in 2023. As we also say hello to our good friend, Bobby Petito, Mr. Bobby Stats, saying that the Wasted Youth and Alec Price versus TJ Crawford and Griffin McCoy and Tony Deppin versus, or and Tony Deppin, sorry, at MLW Kings of Coliseum. Again, really pushing that tag division. We saw that on display there. If you watched the Holiday Rush just the other day, uh, that was coming out from MLW. Hello to Basser, the third video bros up in the house. Yeah. Joining us here on Ring Respect Radio. Basser, how are you doing, brother? Happy holidays. Very Monkeys up in the house as well, too. And I, I'm so full of Christmas joy these days, Papa Smokes, that I'm, I'm stoked to see Barry Monkey here saying, happy fourth day of Christmas, everyone. Four Colin Birds. What a shit present. They get better tomorrow, though. We get five golden rings. And Tom Collihue. Tom, how are you doing? All right. Joining us up in the house. Tom's the host of Spoiler Warning. Go over to his YouTube channel right now. Follow him along. Tom also was with me on Mark Talks Wrestling on Christmas Day, Papa Smokes, as I got, I got destroyed in wrestling trivia. As much as I do the hosting here on our channel, I got schooled. But Tom Collihue and Lauren Goodnight there on Mark Talks Wrestling's uh, great big wrestling trivia show just the other day is Tom coming in saying Selena Vega signs a new de deal with the WWE. And I saw that news. That's huge for the WWE. Huge for Selena Vega as well, too. Selena's fantastic. Wouldn't you agree, Pops, folks? Yeah, I think so, too. I remember her from back in the TNA days as Rosita she was just young. She was just starting out then. Not so good in the ring yet, but she had the look, and you knew she could be marketable to a company at some point. Look what happened. Speaking of marketable, how about this guy? Totally marketable. It's our good friend BDJ up in the house. Yeah. Happy holidays, BDJ. Right. Brother, how are you doing? Tom's saying, uh, good. You have a nice Christmas. I, I My Christmas rocked and rolled there, Tom. I had plenty of drinks, plenty of turkey, plenty of stuff, and all the goods. And, and the big fat man, he came along. He gave 
the wife and I a nice uh, movie pass card and everything like that. Everything we wanted. It was we were treated like absolute royalty. And uh, Bobby saying that MLW Radio could use Bobby Stats and the Video Bros as part of the relaunch of MLW Radio. I, I kind of agree with our friend Bobby Stats here. I, I think they could use some Video Bros in their life. I like Bobby Stats's idea there. Let, let's make a team and uh, make an impact in MLW. That'd be sweet. That would be sweet. Very buggy saying, and grizzled young veterans are all TNA. Well, for one set of tapings at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big news as well, too. The grizzled young veterans in TNA. Hey, once, maybe once will lead to more. You never know, Barry. We'll see how it goes with the relaunch of TNA. And that's another big thing for 2023 is that announcement. The big announcement that TNA is going to be returning in 2024. And you can't spell marketing without M-A-R-K. That is true, BDJ. You are on fire, my friend. But Papa Smokes, we're talking about pro wrestling from 2023. And, you know, a lot of the times we're sitting here making lists. What were your favorite matches and all this kind of stuff? And I found 2023 had a lot of those. There was a lot of great matches. But what it had more than that was some memorable moments. Some very memorable moments, whether it was in-ring or outside of the professional wrestling ring. Big things occurred all throughout the year of 2023. And I, I want to turn it over to you for a moment to, to talk about this. Uh, see what some of the ones that stood out for you initially were for 2023. Well, I mean, 2023 for pro wrestling is going to be remembered as the year of big business moves. I mean, the, the sale of the WWE which had long been speculated throughout 2022, actually came to fruition and selling to the parent company Endeavor, which owns UFC and such. I'm not an expert on this whole deal. I don't follow all that closely, but I mean, that's got to be, that's the story of the decade right there, never mind the year. And, uh, you know, all the stories that could flow out of that as to, how will it affect the WWE? How will it affect Mr. McMahon, who has not so much creative or business pull in, in the company now? What's the future of the WWE? Will it continue skyrocketing up as the giant corporation that it is? Or, or what's going to happen? It, it, everything looks good at this point, but that, that's got to be one of the, the biggest business stories in professional wrestling really probably of all time it's dollar value it's absolutely huge yeah i mean essentially we all knew the moment would come when vince would step down and there would be a changing of the guard within wwe but we didn't know to what measure it would become and i think a lot of people maybe were you know surprised yet not surprised by the direction that they decided to go uh with the selling to endeavor or the formation of tko sports that occurred and it almost felt like, and we talked about this on Ring Respect Radio, like Vince managed to manipulate someone into buying his company and yet keeping him within said company. And even since then, it didn't work out that great for Vince because for a while there, it seemed like Vince was able to still throw his weight around. But over the last little bit, it seems like all of a sudden that was put to a complete halt. And Vince was told he no longer has any creative control over the WWE and the focus. And it seems like Triple H has at least warmed over a lot of the fans or some of the fans are currently watching and maybe some brought some back that weren't watching before because he's given a different flavor to the way that the WWE has been put together in recent years. 
Sure. And you know that I don't watch much, if any, current WWE, but just from the scuttlebutt I read uh, on the, the message boards and on Twitter and all that stuff, or pardon me, on X and all that stuff, Triple H being in complete control of creative kind of sounds a bit like a blessing and a bit like a curse. He does some good stuff. He gets some people excited, but he's got that WWE stank on him that, that just wants to do some really uh, exploitative kind of stuff that, that, that rings hollow with fans. So I'm not sure what to think. Uh, again, I don't consume the product uh, like you guys do that keep up on that stuff and, and talk about it on podcasts, but I'm interested always to follow because you know, they kind of lead the way in the business, uh, in the in the economic sense of, uh, of professional wrestling. You bet. And we're going to go over to the stat here from Tom Collihue. He's saying that this week's AEW Dynamite saw its ratings and audience rebound for the final episode before World's End. Wednesday's show scored a 0.31 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic and 843,000 viewers that tuned in and considering that we're talking about a week between uh christmas and new year's it's actually a very good strong statistic for aew dynamite this week absolutely and i know that they've been struggling a little bit as well as the other show collision struggling a lot and uh this is good news for them um I'm not a huge fan of AEW, but I, I like that they provide some competition and some counterpoint to the big company, WWE. I think competition only makes it stronger, both sides in the business. I, I have a lot of questions about Tony Khan as a leader in his company and as a booker. I think he's probably a nice guy. He's a wrestling guy, I'm sure. We could all talk and get along and all that, but uh, he's got to tighten up that shop somewhere along the way because uh, he could be doing better with all the seemingly endless money at his disposal and uh, a fan base, at least a, a, a core fan base that will never abandon them. But he's got to make some new fans, and I don't think he's doing that pretty much since the whole thing started. Certainly, yeah, certainly is not. And, you know, for uh, for any of those who haven't tuned in before, we are big MLW supporters here on the show ourselves personally. And a big year for MLW, Bobby mentioning that uh, they could use that stats person and uh, someone who's talked about it, the indie wrestlers and MLW before, and I agree with you. But uh, here more interesting, uh, some of Bobby's favorite moments for 2023, Papa's folks, were Alex Kane winning the MLW World Heavyweight Championship and Delmi Exo winning that WXW oh, yeah. Women's championship and these were both big moments for the company but even bigger still the move to fight tv which is now going to be called thriller tv plus uh running the live shows and all that and some of the names that have crossed mlw i mean this list could go on the uh you know what we're going to make it a whole different subject the swerve that alexander hammerstone pulled on the world here as well too pop smokes but some of the mlw stuff i gotta say we were treated very delightfully as fans to some mlw treats this year And still with me, Bob Smokes? Yeah, your mic there sounds you like okay. it's cutting out a bit. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. So, yeah, I was just saying that uh, we have been, as MLW fans, been treated to a lot of delightful things this year and everything. Just kind of curious. Uh, some of your thoughts on what we've seen from MLW in 2023. Well, 
to be perfectly honest, uh, you you know that I'm a huge MLW supporter, but I don't feel like this past year was a strong year in comparison to the number of years before it, dating back to 2018 or so. Um, I think that they're getting, at this point or in this past year, they're not getting enough tough, sorry, top guys to really carry this company. They've got a lot of undercard guys and a lot of good middle card guys, but they're extremely short on top guys, especially now that Alexander Hammerstone has left the company. Munson, did you watch his farewell promo to the crowd? Oh, yeah. Two and a half minutes right from the heart. Man plucked by heartstrings, I must say. If I felt emotions like a regular human, I think I would have really uh, <laughs> popped for that promo because he talked about his history there his love for the fans, the support that the company gave him, the way he took off. I mean, and you just even look at pictures of him when he started his MLW run and look at him now. It's obvious the guy's progressed tremendously throughout this run, not only as a wrestler, but as a bodybuilder, as a promo, and, and as a person, I'm sure, as well. So a big part of Hammerstone's life now has been spent in MLW, it's sad to see him go. I'm really sad to see him go. He was a great heel. He was an awesome babyface champion. And uh, that leaves them short at the top. And we still have the other only top guy left that we have is Jacob Fatu. And as we've seen now, they're going to try and find top of the card guys for him. Now we've seen the latest one is going to be Matt Riddle. Mm -hmm. fresh off of being fired in WWE, he's going to make a little run in MLW. That's nice to see. They yeah. need some name power at the top of the card. I'm no fan of Riddle as a wrestler, but this is good for MLW because, yet yeah, it's a known name, a guy that's just fresh from the big show. Yeah, and you can only imagine, too, because I know uh, Bobby had uh, message on one of our YouTube releases here, Bob Spokes, and mentioned to us that they have actually announced that Matt Riddle will also be at Intimidation Games. So outside of his return to MLW at Kings of Coliseum, they've locked him for a couple of spots minimum. So it's a big deal for MLW moving forward that they not only bring in names like that, but they do that while solidifying some names, that the, the rising stars that they've got in that locker room that they're going to be able to put into a, a large role. They did it with Alex Kane. They've done it with Alexander Hammerstone, with Jacob Fatu, with so many in the past that I firmly believe that 2024, we're going to see a fast rise of some young upcoming stars within the ranks of Major League Wrestling. I think so too. I, I always have faith in the company. I think the booking is strong. I think the writing is strong. Court and the guys know how to do a slow build. They know how to do a championship match to make it a big thing, to make it a big title fight. They don't let the guys touch each other for months and months and months before there's going to be a big match. I like this. I respect this. But the only thing is, is I think they're having trouble attracting talent now. And I'm worried that that's because they're getting a reputation for not being the best and easiest company to work for sometimes. I'm sorry if I'm spreading a rumor here or anything like that, but we've all seen some of these videos of wrestlers saying, I don't know what's going on. No one's talked to me. My 
contract is about to expire. Am I just done here? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, Munson. We yeah. saw a bunch of these guys that have put out uh, statements and videos like that. And I think it scares some talent away sometimes. And uh, I, I hope that's not true. And I, I, I want the guys, I want, I stand behind the boys in wrestling all the time. I want the wrestlers to have good, solid, transparent, honest places to work. And I hope MLW is one of them. Again, not trying to spread any negative negativity, but to me, that's what a lot of 2023 looked like was just sketchiness of not knowing what guys are on the roster, who do we have, who's fired, who whose contract expired, and uh, yeah, there are tough times in a, in any company like that. But um, it seemed like a particularly tough year for MLW. They've got a lot of talent right now that's young unknown names a lot of names i don't know and stuff like that but i'm willing to stay aboard to see what they're going to do because I, I i trust in the company i trust in the booking and uh they they almost always give us quality entertainment to watch they sure do and uh you know i mean there's a lot, a lot that can be said for them they you know exactly what you're saying about that reputation is what allowed them to work with Alexander Hammerstone and pull off one of the biggest swerves that we have seen in recent memory for professional wrestling in general, using that same wrestler saying they haven't been contacted. They don't know what's going on. There was reports in the dirt sheets. There was videos from Hammerstone himself sitting at home saying he hadn't been contacted. He was unhappy. He wanted to be released, blah, 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 blah. We get to the end of one of the cards and what happens? The lights go out and there's Alexander Hammerstone standing in the ring. That swerve was one of the most remarkable pieces of professional wrestling moments in 2023. For sure. And I think that's one of the only ways that companies can do that now. With all the fans thinking that they're smart fans reading about rumors and, and little headlines on the internet, I think you can use stuff like that, such as headlines on the dirt sheets. That's how... The only way you can really swerve fans nowadays. So that was a beautiful one. It really was. Barry Monkey saying uh, doesn't uh, only watches occasionally on MLW, but uh, when he does, does enjoy it. Uh, also saying uh, MLW needs to step Very up good. its production, not recording in pieces on what feels like $29 phones off Timu. Hey, Barry, those $29 phones work wonders for us in the Indies sometimes. It's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Bobby saying Zeta Steele and Jay Bougie should have great years in 2024 for MLW. You see the stars on the rise, especially let's talk about that. The featherweight division in MLW, they've had the strongest uh, year in 2023 since the induction of it, of MLW period for the featherweights. I, that's a bold statement, Munson, but I think you might be right about that. Actually, how many times over the past two years have we called for a, a the rise of the featherweights division in MLW since they announced it. You remember the very early days, all they had was uh, Holla Dead and one or two other uh, lady wrestlers. They had some matches, but they didn't have a roster and they didn't have a ladies division. They didn't have a belt and a champion yet, but then it picked up once they had a legit ladies star, such as Taya Valkyrie to be the first champion. And then they could bring up some of the uh, challengers that they had in mind, such as Delmi Exo, and boom, 
once it got its tires rolling around, this division started taking off. And uh, I think that's a great statement that you made. That that was probably the best division. We never hear too much about the middleweight division or a, a national open weight. It's the featherweight division that's actually had the kind of some sauce around the championship uh, this year. Yeah, exactly. And uh, to, to Bobby's testament here, they showcased Yara James, Maki Ito, Janai Kai, Ava Everett, a bunch of names we had not necessarily yeah. heard or known of, but now we really do. And they have made, you know, fans out of me for sure. I look at that list of names and all four of them made an impact on me in 2023 enough that I'll pay attention to their matches going into 2024. Not to mention, I always like the uh, influx of Lucha talent. Every so often we saw the, uh, some of the multi-woman woman matches, which were quite well done with uh, some of the masked uh, lady luchadors. And, and that was some good stuff as well. I'd, I'd welcome a return of them. I can't wait. 2024, I think, is going to be a great year for MLW, great year for wrestling. And let's talk about the, the, the big, big thing when it comes to MLW. Now, just recently announced, MLW has settled out of court when it comes to the lawsuit with the world wrestling with world wrestling entertainment, they didn't want to go into discovery. Some sort of sum of money has been enough for court Bauer to say, okay, let's settle. It's enough money that apparently he's gone around telling people that there will be more money available for the company in terms of the bookings of the way the production, everything like that in 2024. Uh, we, of course we don't know what that sum is, but, all things considered, if that sum is enough to bring MLW even up another notch, then again, I commend Court Bauer for sticking to his guns and not bowing when he could have. He went after the, the the big guys as a little guy for quite some time. And in the end, he got what he thought was enough of settlement out of this. Yeah, no, isn't that wild, Bunsen? And, and you and I have discussed this pending lawsuit a number of times on this podcast over the past year or so since it's kind of been uh, out there and i i have to laugh man i i listened to or i read all the tweets on x of all the wwe marks who just constantly said oh who do these bums in mlw think they are they'll never get a cent off vince and they they don't got any any uh any pull to get anything done with vince's lawyers and all the rest of it Oh, yeah, look what happened. And this is what we were hoping would happen, Munson. I didn't want there to be a big, long, expensive trial. That wasn't going to benefit Court Bauer in any way because he can't battle the money machine that is uh, that is WWE. But guess what, man? They, they changed ownership. They want to tie up the loose ends. They want to cut off the dead branches and get rid of some of the business annoyances that that, that are uh, involved in their company. Yeah, I'm sure they don't make a huge deal about this uh, lawsuit. Yeah, they know they could probably squash it, but like you say, they don't want it in open court because some of their business dealings are going to come out in discovery. That's what they don't want. So that's why big corporations, <clears throat> excuse me, will settle out of court with a smaller company just to make them go away. And just like he said, I hope that this lines the coffers at least a little bit of MLW so we get some more product and some more production and some talent can get paid more money. And there can be more guaranteed money or contracted 
talent to strengthen this company to give us all <clears throat> better uh, independent wrestling out there on TV. You bet. Um, Barry Monkey now coming in saying an iPhone re recording things. Funny story, Barry. We use an iPhone and a Samsung down at ringside at Prairie Pro Wrestling. They are absolutely divine. They work just great, my friend. Uh, Bobby liked the return of Richard Holiday at MLW's One Shot. Uh, yes, I, yeah. I did as well, too. It's huge. Again, bringing in some names that we know, we respect, we didn't expect. And putting them up against the champion Alex Kane is great for the company. MLW should do very, very well. Come Kings' Coliseum on January the 6th, which again, you're going to be able to join myself, Papa Smokes, and maybe some of our friends here for MLW Kings of Coliseum watch along on the channel. So make sure you like, follow, subscribe, know that that goes live, and join us as we uh, we drink very merrily and watch some wrestling and eat some great food. It's going to be fun. Tom's coming in saying that Tony Khan expects the devil revelations at AEW World's End, Haas of Wrestling. Uh, so, yeah, the Devil Revelations. Apparently, I was told the cha changing of the titles, the Ring of Honor's changed titles. Samoa Joe made a deal with the Devil and has now taken those belts off of MJF. Could we only suspect what the internet suspected, Papa Spokes, that clearly Adam Cole has been behind that Devil mask this entire time? Or what, what are your thoughts? I know you don't watch a lot of AEW, but curious to know if you got any speculation on this. Yeah, I mean, I got to think it's somebody that's close to MJF. I mean, just like in the world of crime, you don't wear a mask unless you're attacking somebody who knows who you are, right? Yep. So, I mean, it's somebody close to him. It's got to be Adam Cole. The, uh, the, the devil has his henchmen do his stuff for him. Adam Cole's got to cast on his leg or whatever. He can't do anything physically, so he appears over the screen all the time. I would think it's him, but at this point, it's gone on so long that I think people are going to be disappointed in who whoever it is. <laughs> well, hopefully they're not too disappointed when they find out it's Adam Cole. Uh, coming up this weekend, I believe, World's End, the last wrestling pay-per-view of the year for many major company that going to be taking place uh, this weekend. I think the 30th of when I was making, so Saturday, World's End uh, not sure if we're going to have a post show here on the channel yet as my cat tries to disassemble my entire setup. Uh, if we yeah. do have have anything on the channel here, though, make sure that you're uh, like, follow, subscribe, as always, to watch that post show here at our local establishment. Tom on the AEW uh, front also saying, breaking, Sean Spears officially parting ways with All Elite Wrestling. So another one of the originals over on the All Elite Wrestling side is now parting ways. The chairman himself has uh, not had a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of direction here in 2023 when it comes to AEW. Now he's parting, could be heading to the Indies, could be heading somewhere else. You never know. There's a, a, a ton of stuff out there for wrestlers who want to uh, put in the work again. So Sean Spears looking to sail on his own. Anyway, uh, now breaking away from AEW. Your thoughts on Sean Spears? Like, uh, Have you ever watched much of his stuff, Papa Spokes, a fan of his work and all? Uh, I've seen a couple matches. It, it's not like he doesn't know how to wrestle. He's got some kind of oomph and attitude to him. But really, I don't know. I was left cold. He doesn't have a whole ton of personality. He needs some zazz, you know. He needs a, a little a little hot sauce to his whole act, so to speak. And uh, I, I don't know what that is exactly. 
but uh, he needs something. He does need something. He, in fact, he's uh, t- he's too Canadian to be a bad guy. I say, I say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sean Spears will be parting ways with AEW. Thank you, Tom, for bringing in that information as well. Too appreciate the the breaking news because we don't get a whole lot of breaking news here on a Thursday night for Ring Respect Radio. So it's great to yeah. have some uh, hot po- topics to talk about. We need one of those little uh, sound effects with a little uh, beep, 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 the little news coming over the news wire there. Yeah, I don't know if we have any uh, preloaded sound effects for that, uh, that give us that, dear Papa Smokes. I'm, uh, I'm looking at here, and it's just more uh, more just a lot of music here on the uh, front of yeah. what we got loaded on the channel, so I wouldn't want to uh, annoy anybody with the bad StreamYard music here. Uh, but I, I know my... I know my ticker kind of broke the bank, so uh, I guess I can't hope for too much. Well, it's a, again, we'll uh, we'll we'll get back. We'll we'll pull in some more coins so we can update tickers and all sorts of things for 2024. Bobby said, "Jedi Kai winning the MLW Featherweight Championship was great, and working relationship between MLW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, CMLL, and Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. They've been bringing in some fantastic names, absolutely fantastic names. Ones I had never heard of, ones that I want to see more of." ones that left a lasting impact, and that's why Fusion. Fusion, my friends, they fuse all these different styles of wrestling, all these different companies together and come up with a product that we can all enjoy. Maybe there's something on there that I'm not a fan of, that Papa Spokes is not a fan of, but that's okay because guess what? For every one thing we're not a fan of, everything else we are a fan of. So it really evens itself out when it comes to the MLW front. And there was, I'm just thinking over the past year or year and a half, from AAA Lucha, there was Octagon Jr. That guy made a splash in my mind. I'm not sure what it was, but I liked his particular flair on the Lucha style. And then over the last year from Japan, from um, Dragon Gate. I'm not sh- I'm- Dragon Gate, that's right. Shun Skywalker. Hey, yeah, I know that you, yeah. that you, he caught your eye as well. That guy I, I, was. Awesome. I was reading you. I was reading you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, he definitely did. Again, a lot of the talent has. And uh, more recently, again, they brought in Janai Kai, Mayu Yamashita, who came in just recently as well, too. And fantastic. Very saying he wouldn't mind seeing Sean Spears in TNA, a name people recognize. Again, they're, they it's something that TNA needs. As they're rebranding to back to TNA, which was the name, essentially, that they had when people kind of turned on them, thought they were done and everything. They changed it over to Impact Wrestling, have done a phenomenal job at keeping that company alive and bringing it back to life. And here they come in, they're saying they're rebranding to TNA. So again, they got to be thinking some big names. And Sean Spears has now worked for both the WWE and AEW, I think would be a fantastic, fantastic get for TNA Wrestling. Well, and and he would be he would make a splash there, you know. I, I, I'm not. I still don't see Spears as a main event guy, even there. But that could be a, a strong talent for your upper middle card. Yeah, yeah, he he would fit right in there. He sure would. Uh, Bobby saying he'd like to see him in MLW again. Yeah, that door is always open. We know we'd love sure. to see that. Sure. Tom saying in all caps. Because, again, if you're talking about Eric Bischoff, you got to yell at the top of your lungs. Eric Bischoff says live crowds are the only thing separating AEW from being TNA wrestling. 
To which Bobby Munson replies, the only thing separating Eric Bischoff from being a legend in the wrestling business is knowledge of professional wrestling. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and Bob also said, Ringside News has received 100% confirmation after speaking to sources at WWE that Goldberg has never talked about. There is no discussion about his return to the company at all. I I, I'd be just perfectly fine if Goldberg showed up in nobody's company ever again for the rest of eternity. I'm sorry if anyone's a Goldberg fan, but I didn't like Goldberg when he joined WCW. I didn't like Goldberg when he joined WWE. I didn't like Goldberg when he returned to WWE. I didn't like Goldberg when he turned to WWE again and retired and retired and retired. This guy is Ryback that made more money is all he is. He's a wrestler with a lack of skill that was pushed way beyond his means and has too much to say about stuff he doesn't understand. Kind of like Eric Bischoff. Well, Munson, harsh words. I can't disagree, but uh, wow, that's quite the body slam. But uh, the only thing about Goldberg is that it's not like he's got a lot of wrestling skill or a lot of wrestling knowledge or, or anything like that. But because of how he was booked in the past because of how he looks because of his massive frame and intensity there's always that possibility of one more match you know what i mean cuz he he hardly has to do anything in any of his matches anyway so he knows that if some company wants or needs a short big match wants one of their heels smashed through the mats or wants a baby face or whatever Whatever this match might be, Goldberg can come out, spear, jackknife someone, and, and it'll sell tickets probably still, right? Like, his legend was pretty deep. It was. Again, I'm not denying the fact that he's going to sell tickets. He's going to bring in people to watch the show and stuff like that. Goldberg has name status. And just as a wrestling fan and for my taste, no. not for me at all. I hear you. Yeah, uh, I hear you. As Barry going back to the TNA front saying that TNA has been hinting at bringing back Team Canada faction, Spears would be ideal for that. Not a bad idea. Again, Sean Spears being from Canada here, he would be able to lead up a faction like that and would be a good look for TNA. But apparently Goldberg is the devil. Well, we could take that more than one way. I mean, we could say that Goldberg is the devil because, you know, he <laughs> ruined Bret Hart's career, or we could say that Somehow that the devil for AEW has managed to take Goldberg underneath that mask and make him look, what, a good 100 pounds, 110 pounds, so thinner, smaller, less tall. Eh, you know, it happens. Tom saying Monsoor recently revealed that he had backstage issues with his co-workers during his 2019 Super Showdown Premium Live event. The 28-year-old who joined the WWE in 2018, competed in his home country. And again, that was uh, Mansoor from Saudi Arabia. Uh, he had been signed by the WWE after a tryout there in Saudi. They made a big deal out of this. Uh, recently released from the company, has now been showing up on the independent scene. Uh, this kid's got a good look, I'll say, Papa Spokes. I don't know if you're too familiar with his looks but or with his work so far, but I think from what I have seen of Monsoor so far, there is potential in this kid with the right direction. And I think working the independent scene ever having gone through the WWE system so far, I think will be 
beneficial to Mansoor's progression as a wrestler. Yeah, there's not too much I can say about this. I did see either the whole match or maybe just the highlights of the match where he first came out of one of those big shows in Saudi Arabia. They booked him with a win over a good talent. I can't remember who it was, The Miz or somebody like that. And I thought he looked good. He looks like an awesome baby face. He's a handsome guy. He's not totally huge. He's got a, a good physique. He looks like he's uh, fast and technical, like perfect for a, a baby face, especially in the world of uh, just the world as it is now. It's very international. It's good to have a, a, a few faces that, that look different than the typical North American wrestler. I thought I thought he showed a lot of promise as a as a, a, a sort of new age baby face in in the world uh, of WWE today. Uh, he really did, yeah. And I I thought there was a lot of promise there. As uh, Bobby also mentioning that uh, it'd be great to have him have a chance in MLW again. Looking for, I think the WWE names, especially for an MLW audience, really boost MLW. Those names help MLW in a big way. And again, even Mansoor, having not been a massive ML, a massive WWE name, the fact of the matter is that the audience that currently watches MLW might talk to some friends like you and I do, Papa Smokes, say, hey, guys, look, we got this card coming up. You might recognize this dude. or so." You know, we can use that and bring other eyes in. Hey, here's someone you might know. Let's see what they do over here. And we tend to sit down with, you know, six, eight people watching these programs who've seen somebody that they recognize, but then go on to see what we talk about on a regular basis. The excitement of some of the up-and-comers, the names you haven't heard of, you know, the Alex Canes of the world, the Jay Bougies, the Mr. Thomases, the names they haven't heard yet, but are going to make a huge splash in the world of professional wrestling. For sure. And and just every company gets a rub from having uh, uh, big-name guys from big companies, you know, it never lasts forever. You, you hope you can stay in the big leagues for 10, 12, 15 years, but the fact is most people don't. Most people make it for two years. If you last two years in the WWE, that's that's decent, man. Like, that's that's not bad. Not, not everybody gets a 10-year run like so all the superstars that we know from TV, so... Yeah, and every company gets a rub from having those guys, including Prairie Pro Wrestling Months. And we just had Amir Jordan on the show this past year. And look at the, the little tickle that all the fans got from that. That's a guy that's been performing on WWE, uh, NXT UK. God, that's a lot of acronyms uh, all strung together there. But uh, he's been active on their TV for the past uh, year and a half, something like that. People know his name, people recognize his face, and boom, here he is coming through Saskatoon playing for uh, Prairie Pro Wrestling. It's It just goes to show that people in the business know each other. Anyone that's in the professional wrestling business almost at any level, you will know people that know people that know people in various positions, and it, it's crazy. The, the few degrees of separation it takes sometimes for a WWE superstar of the recent past to come to your local promotion or the promotion you like watching on YouTube or on TV 
and and what a thrill man and, and it's it's a boost for any company it would be uh going over to this one calvin tangman world championship or is the world champion in deadlock pro wrestling good for heavyweight hustle uh all right over and winning some gold so congrats to the calvin tankman uh, another person to watch for in 2024. Uh, you know, we're talking that this is the the, the best and the worst of 2023 here tonight, Papa's folks, and it wouldn't oh. be... I, I, I'm not going to go down the lane of the, the insufferable things that I've done to you in the past, like making you watch the Firefly Funhouse matchup. I'm not going to torture you, my man. Uh, although this one might tug at the heartstrings a little bit because a part of having such a great year in 2023 was a year in 2023 where we lost a lot of big names in the world of professional wrestling and i just i want to go over this list here i'm gonna i'm gonna mention the names first pop spokes and then we can talk about them as well and one when i brought up this list that somebody brought to me and anyone in the comments let me know if i missed anyone there's one on this list i didn't even know about that i'm familiar with so i'm going to talk about that in a minute but of course bray wyatt massive to the to the wrestling community when you're going old school, we lost Terry Funk this year. Jay Briscoe, I forgot, landed within this year as well, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the Iron Sheik, man, we lost the Iron Sheik in 2023. Superstar Billy Graham, Bushwhacker Butch. We lost Darren Drozdoff, the Draws, Lanny Pofo, Jerry Jarrett. Again, many of these became topics for us here on Ring Respect Radio as we paid homage to the names. We also lost Mantar. And here's the one that shocked me is WXW Germany wrestling legend and someone who had been around on this planet for only 40 years, Papa Smokes. As of November 23, the world lost Absolute Andy from WXW there at the yeah. age of 40. I did not know about that one. Horrible. It missed me, but absolutely the whole list. I got to say, you know, my, my heart goes out to their, their families and everybody that you know knew them on a personal level but what a list of names of absolute legends and a couple of those names on there far too young to have passed away period and so it goes with professional wrestling i mean my god the the 40 and 50 club is is far too large for wrestling i know those guys live big they live large they work hard they party hard especially in in the generations past i don't think it's quite that bad these days but um heartbreaking and and listen to that list some absolute all-time hall of famers including possibly the, the 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 grandpappy of them all terry funk i mean what a tremendous loss not only to wrestling but but to the world with what a what a funny and creative and interesting mind and what a nice guy that terry funk was and like, yeah, just absolutely heartbreaking. Same thing with Jerry Jarrett, another guy whose presence in the business, just him alone as one guy, changed so much with how he innovated booking through getting the Memphis territory so red hot in the 70s and 80s. And then talk about rebranding to TNA. That was the guy that got that company going. That's a, that's a major wrestling company in the U.S. and Canada that's still around to this day, 20 years after he started it and uh, isn't involved anymore. So, I mean, guys that left their mark heavily on professional wrestling, so sad to see them go, but everybody's got to go at some time. 
Yvad Nezad saying rest in peace to each and every one of them. And again, like I, I don't know how I missed this Absolute Andy one. And again, not many people might be as familiar with Absolute Andy unless you followed some of his stuff from WXW Germany. But this, it, it shocked me because I had done a lot of writing articles, you know, about WXW. I'd watched a lot of Absolute Andy's matchups. I believe he was one of the ones that we watched when I uh, had us go over a couple yeah. of the WXW. And that was yeah. one of the standouts, too. He was a heavy-hitting sort of a guy. He was a, a tough dude. He always brought out his best in w, WXW and worked with a lot of great names. And, man, I just uh, – it threw me off. I, I knew the list was – Tough to look at to begin with because we had lost a lot of names that I recognized. But when I saw that on there, I I kind of choked a little bit, Papa Smokes, because I did not expect it. And I'm I'm sorry I did miss that announcement on the 23rd. Then and uh, you know my my heart goes out to his family as well too. 40 years old. I mean he's right at my age. He's the same age as me, Papa Smokes. And when I hear that stuff, it kind of scares the shit out of me, to be honest. Yeah, no, dude, wait till you hit 50, man. Like, just anything's on the table after that. But 40, way too young to go, man. Just uh, heartbreaking. I don't know what happened. And I'm not going to pry or anything like that. But 40 is too young to go. It sure is. But you know what? I don't want to leave Ring Respect Radio on a sad note here, Pop Smokes. So we're going to get back to the the, the better stuff of yeah. 2023. Well, yeah. I mean, at least this next one we could say might be divisive, whether you thought it was the best of 2023 or the worst of 2023. We're going to take the most controversial best and worst of 2023 moment right here. And we're going to talk about CM Punk, someone we don't talk about a lot here on Ring Respect Radio. But as you see I, on the graphic for tonight's show, I've got him on there. He's wearing a adult's table t-shirt there because, you know, he wants to be at the adult's table when it comes to his version of hanging out to do a professional wrestling. Whether you like CM Punk or not, let's not deny the fact that CM Punk puts eyes on a product. He did it for AEW, and he's currently also doing it for WWE. What parts did you miss there, Papa Smokes? As I see, I lost you. Oh, pretty much everything. It, it pisses me off, Munson, because I pay for the extra for the good internet here, and that still happens at least once per podcast. Uh, that's 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 nonsense. We got to talk to those Sastel goons there, so they see what's going on. But uh, yeah, mentioning about the the most divisive moment would be from CM Punk, and whether people like him or not, he's put eyes on whatever company he is with, whether it was AEW or with the WWE. And despite what you think about him and his way of dealing with things backstage, he walked right on over to the WWE, and that particular moment on screen has become the most watched video for the wwe on social media on youtube everything like that groundbreaking in so many ways but uh oh come on ed i know you don't want to hear any more cm punk talk and see it i'm not trying to see you know like i'm not trying to stir any pots here by man but i wouldn't be a wrap-up of 2023 without mentioning that cm punk was the most controversial figure but also brought the most eyes to the prize at the same time well, it's weird because Punk made his return to wrestling with AEW. That return in Chicago was very well done. And wow, what a reaction. I, like, I didn't really know what the fans were going to do either. I know Punk was an absolutely massive star with the WWE. I was never too much of a fan. I, I didn't dislike him either. I just, he never really uh, like struck home with me. But what, that return, AEW in Chicago was massive, but after all the 
after all the bullshit that happened in AEW with his year-long run there or whatever, including the injury that he was out and all that, when he's just rolled over to WWE after this and returned there, I think, I feel like a lot of fans, for them, that was his return to wrestling. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that a lot of WWE people are even really following what happens with AEW. It sort of felt like a lot of those fans didn't know that he had had a run or kind of considered it just with a smaller, inconsequential company. Like, now it's kind of feeling like this is his return to wrestling in WWE, and the fans can't get enough of it. I, I, I honestly can't believe what a huge splash he's made. It's like he never went away, except he needed to go away for a bit so they would miss him, but now he's back, and damn, what a return. The guy's got the wrestling world around his little finger. Yeah. Absence made the heart grow fonder, at least for some. Apparently not for Ed Fryer, sure. because he'd rather talk about Jay White than talk about CM Punk. Well, okay, let's talk about C Jay White for a moment there, Ed. Sure. <laughs> let's talk about that uh, massive six-pack and that talented wrestler that you get to see week in, week out on uh, the AEW show that I know you're so fond of, my friend. We should just get Ed in here. We could get him to rant on CM Punk and Jay White here. for. Uh, I love an Ed rant anytime. Yeah, I haven't seen a good Ed, Ed rant in a while. We 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 should fire one of those up here one of these days. We, we, you have to get him mad, I think. I mean, speaking of Ed rants, we know he went off on Billy Corgan one time. Let's talk about Billy Corgan and the craziness of the NWA, because that just sparked that for me. And let's talk about, first, he says he's reviving the territories. Haven't really seen anything come of that. Then he says he's got how many national TV deals has Look who decided to hop on screen here with us, Papa Smokes. Hold on, we got we got to fix the way we've got the setup going here. Though, let Ed come on in. Hey, Ed, how's it going? Oh. <laughs> Ed's not going to remain silent any longer. No, not at all. We're getting ready to record some Marvel talk. I figured I'd stop in and chit chat with you guys because I'm sitting here in the comments. Hell yeah. Oh, perfect. Oh, what what are your true thoughts on everybody talking about CM Punk in 2023? <laughs> we're rewarding a boy. Let, let, like, let's let's truly be honest with this. We're rewarding the biggest man child in professional sports with all of this praise and adulation for seriously just being so miserable that he can't get along with his coworkers. Bobby, Papa Smokes, imagine being at your job. And having somebody punch their coworker in the face, walk out of their job, and then be praised for coming back to their old job that they went to because they punched the other guy in the face. <laughs> like, that it? doesn't happen in society, but yet it's wrestling and it's great. Well, I don't know. You have grown up in Saskatchewan, so I mean, it, it can happen in society. Yeah. It's come close on a few occasions in places I've worked. Oh, it's just... It's... Apparently, BDJ wants to punch his co-workers. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, we all want to punch our co-workers, but like, the, the, I, don't, I don't mind what he did in AEW. Like That part I get. Wanting to punch Jungle Boy in the face? I get it. Working with children who can't run a target? I get it. But like the idea that he can be praised for coming back home to the WWE and be like, oh, it's this big moment. Where else was he really going to go? Was he really going to slub it in impact? Like, he's no. CM Punk. 
was he really going to take a quarter of a million dollars to go work in Impact? No, of course not. No, no, he was not. He was, was he going to take all of was he going to take all of Court Bauer's WWE settlement money to come work in MLW? <laughs> well, I mean, that would have been mighty cool, but uh, just for the fact that MLW would have had more views than they've ever had before. Yeah, yes. MLW. MLW would be unrecognizable with that big of a start. <laughs> yeah, really would. Like, what What would they do with like? That's the honest. Like, I love MLW. Just I I know how much you guys love it. But there's something like you. You're, there's certain places that you can't have a star that big because you don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. You bring in CM Punk there. What are you going to do? Have him go up against your top guys and have him barrier top guys and make it look like they're not capable because the best thing they're doing right now is feeding some good names to Alex Kane to solidify him as a bona fide star in the company. Yes, but you're also using guys that you've already beaten. You're using guys that you've already made big stars then had them lose. Like, you know, you fed him uh, you know, Jacob Fatu. You fed him Hammerstone. Like, you fed him these guys that he can take down. Now you're going to feed him Richard Holiday. That stuff makes sense. It's just what goes like when you bring in somebody like CM Punk, he's so much bigger than what you're dealing with that you're stuck with what to do next. Because do you derail one of your youngest, greatest stars? Hello, Tom. Do you derail one of your great young stars in Alex Kane, who's getting a form of you know a foot in there to bring in a CM Punk? The reason why you can do it in WWE, the reason why you can do it in AEW is because you're not, at this point right now, nobody's being built at the top of the card. Yeah. Gunther, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, they are all born and bred stars. Nothing that, that they can never take a loss that will hurt them at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah, and Bobby so just mentioning... Oh, sorry. I'm just going to say Bobby mentioning both Willie Mack, Matt Cardona on that list for Alex Kane as well, too. Uh, same with Tom Waller. Yeah, I mean, but again, like at that point, you're no offense to the other guys, but when you're talking about Fatu, when you're talking about Aristone, they live in a different realm than Willie Mack and even Matt Cardona. Zach Ryder. <laughs> Matt Cardona. <laughs> Love the, air, love the air quotes. Is BDJ saying AEW had Cody and CM Punk? Now they have a plumber in my little pockets. See, He's not the wrong. The one thing I think about AEW, and, and as a WWE fan who doesn't watch a lot of AEW, this may come out weird and wrong. I like a lot of the things that AEW does, but they need to get back to what they said they were going to do at the January press conference before this all started. They need to get back to being an alternative. They've become very much so, based on the things I've read and the things I've seen, WWE 2.0. They're very sports entertainment heavy. And the things that they get praised for are when they bring out things that remind people of Ring of Honor. With this yes. Continental Championship tournament. Things like that are what they get praised for. But when you have the devil floating around, you're like, really, Tony? Like, you're supposed to be the alternative to WWE. You're yeah. supposed to be doing things that, you know, make your fan base happy. Your fan base chose you because they were sick of watching Vince and his product. Don't do the things Vince would have done. <laughs> it's, it's a good point and a good way to put it. And that's, I think, where 
some people had that disconnect there was just in that sense. But, uh, you know, let's not just discredit AEW for being WWE 2.0 because a lot of companies have gone with that platform, whether it be companies on a bigger level or trying to be on a bigger level or the independents. Because having worked in the independents and not saying that we borrow directly from WWE, but some of the thoughts that go around backstage in a meeting when it comes to an independent booking, as well as through, it kind of reminates throughout the independence that you hear from others is that, well, how can we do this? Look what WWE did. Look what they did on their YouTube channel. Look at this. There's a lot of that WWE reference and how can we make our stuff appealing, knowing that a lot of the fan base out there that you're gunning after watch WWE as a product. And here's the thing, when you talk about independent wrestling, you guys would know much more than I would. I haven't been an independent show uh, locally in a few years. I'll be going to my first show in a couple of weeks, uh, my first time to an independent show in a long time. All right. Um, the thing with independent wrestling promotions is you're catering to a fan base of, at most, online, in-person, whatever. You're catering to a fan base of, at best, a couple hundred thousand people. The best indie promotions, GCW, Beyond Wrestling, places like this that are the, the tops of the independent wrestling promotions right now, PPW. Have, a, have, a, have a fan base overall that's smaller than the audience that watches NXT on a weekly basis. Yeah. NXT is an audience of 500 to 700,000 people on a weekly basis. Yeah. The best indie promotions in the world don't have a fan base that large. So you can run whatever you want because that fan base is going to be loyal to that product because it's it's brand loyalty at that point to that indie promotion. Yeah. Because you don't have another op- you don't really have a ton of options. You have your four places that come to you, and you got to choose one of the four if you're going to an indie wrestling show. Hundred <laughs> percent agree with you, Barry. Saying watch Impact, they're different sometimes in a very odd way. Again, that's that's sometimes what I've seen too. Impact once in a while has things I'm not big on, but overall they do a pretty decent job in terms of being an alternative at times. Impact tries. Impact tries to be the alternative. They they do. Oh boy, are they willing to take a shot? <laughs> they truly are. But uh, yeah, I mean, either way, I want to see a lot of these companies succeed in the new year and everything like that too, because I don't want to see them go away i want competition in professional wrestling because it forces other companies to have to think differently and try different the more wrestling companies that go under the worse things are for everybody else yeah if, for if, sure. if aew fails it will only make wwe a worse product <laughs> when oh. vince bought wcw things didn't get better they got worse yes 100 percent. there was oh hell was, yeah the reason why the when Monday Night Wars were what they were is because one, the numbers were being counted 50 million times because people were flipping back and forth between channel and channel and channel. <laughs> and two, because people at that time didn't ingest media the same way they do now. You had to make a choice. You either watched Raw or you watched Nitro. Or you were lucky and you had two televisions, a parent who didn't care, and you taped the one you weren't watching live. But you had to essentially make a choice. In this day and age, almost none of us consume television on a live basis. So the live numbers that we all sit here and argue about every week, 
nothing because it's the live plus sevens and the streaming numbers that are really the most important numbers because that's how 70% of us watch television. Yeah. I watch, I watch my NXT. I don't get counted as a number because I watch NXT via Hulu because I don't have terrestrial cable anymore. So wait, so those numbers aren't counted with the standard numbers of what you're saying. So like, because it's not cable television. I, I, I can't confirm or deny. When I went to radio school and I learned how Nielsen numbers were collected, and by the way, that is the biggest piece of garbage that you've ever heard of. If you've <laughs> ever figured out how those numbers are calculated. Um, so what the, what the the old way of Nielsen numbers were is that there was a series of people that would be asked to tell them what they watched that week, and they would tell them the the, the programs that they watched, and they would multiply that in your area times X number depending on how many people that live in that area. And that's how they get the thousands of people that watched because there's no actual way to track. Either that or you had a box on your TV that fed data directly to the Nielsen people. But the Nielsen numbers are so far. <laughs> so what you're saying is that for years, not everybody was given the proper information necessarily. It's the same thing with streaming numbers. Like nobody actually knows, other than the streaming companies, how many people watch whatever. It's the reason why YouTube is such a good thing because it gives you an accurate number to how many times a video has been viewed. It tells you to an extent. It's better than anything else. True. Why do you think? Why do you think the streaming companies in the latest deals made sure that they kept their numbers private? Okay, that's fair. So. When, the, when when actors and writers were asking for compensation for streaming platforms for how many times a show got put on there, all of the streaming platforms said, we're not telling you how many subscribers we have, and we're not telling you how many people view each individual show. Because they don't want to pay people equivalently to how many times the shows get viewed. Oh. And the numbers we get are numbers that are scraped off of you know numbers that are scraped off of the floor sounds like the world titan federation's numbers for how many were in the building at one shot anyway i saw papa smokes at it i think you had a, something you wanted to say there uh no no i i, I was just gonna say i remember the old days of uh the nielsen ratings they used to mail you in snail mail like a paper um form that you would fill out kind of thing and you had to say what channels you're watching put it back in a envelope put a stamp on it and mail it back to them how, how many people do you think went through with all that at that time yeah and, and that's how ratings were determined for a long time like it's crazy yeah. now, now granted things get easier as technology's gotten easier and the, the the method i'm talking about was when i was going to college 20 years ago so Again, grain of salt with everything I'm saying that, one, I remember it correctly, and two, in the last 20 years has probably changed, like Papa Smoke says, you know, with doing it by snail mail at one point. Well, see, and I, I, I'm shocked that Papa Smokes was advanced in snail mail because I was assuming he was still using Pigeon Carrier when they were sending those Nielsen ratings out. So. <laughs> Very funny, Munson. Very funny. I had to burn you one last time in 2023 here, Papa Smokes. You know how sure. I'm sure. I got a question for you. You've watched wrestling, especially yeah. in the Indies, for a long time. Um, yeah. How many times has a masked wrestler gimmick, where they had like a, a masked wrestler with a group of people, how many times has that actually worked? 
like been a productive way to do a story oh boy it's certainly been done a lot of times but how many times has it worked it's a tough one it's a real tough one i was gonna say like if anybody's gonna remember some of the bigger ones from the days that are before the you know the 90s you know going back from sting and flair with the black scorpion and back but you're talking about a masked wrestler that comes out of a faction uh, so, as a I'll, mystery. I'll, 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 the, 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 the devil type thing. A storyline that has yeah. somebody at the top and they have like masked vigilantes that work for them. Yeah, kind of like the Aces and Eights and a few other famous factions. I don't think it works too much, man. I really don't. But damn near every wrestling company is going to give it their shot, thinking, "Yep, we're going to make it work." No, oh. it didn't. Bobby, did it work with Mustafa Ali's group in WWE? No, no. They're ridiculed for a reason. There's a reason why DiJack on Twitter consistently says, "Don't bring up retribution." <laughs> Everyone wants to forget retribution even existed, and so does Mustafa Ali, who's finding a new home on the independent scene right now. Oh, I can't. I wish I can't wait for him to come to Boston. Can't wait. What were they like? Uh, Slapjack and Ballsack or so? Or what the hell were their names? <laughs> Sla Slapjack, Mace, T Bar. Oh, T Bar. Ali had, had his own name. <laughs> T Bar. And then, the cool. <laughs> and then the girls were Retaliation and. What was Mercedes Martinez? Because they only said her name once, and then she said, "This gimmick sucks. I'm out of here." <laughs> do do we blame her at the same time? No, no. So but it, it it was one of the reasons why she left the company. <laughs> so you're saying uh, T bar T bar wasn't one of the girls? No, T bar is magic. T bar is magic. That could have been Lita at one point, I think. Oh, let's, let, let's not talk uh, about that kind of T-bar. You, you, you got mean Papa Smokes out here tonight. He's, he's being a well, that's not That's not mean. It's realistic. She had a, she was rocking the T-bar pretty uh, pretty promiscuous at some point. We, we don't know what she likes and don't like, but we should, we should leave that one alone. Unmaskings in wrestling. No, they didn't work. That was the the moral of the story is what it comes down to. Unless you were Kane, because who who can't remember when the big red machine pulled off that mask and we went, son of a bitch, he's not actually burned. They tried though. <laughs> yeah. A little little bit of black uh, oh, okay. dusting on the face there. What was that? <laughs> Bobby's correcting me, Mr. Stats here, Bobby Stats. That reckoning was me and Yim, so then re retaliation was indeed Mercedes Martinez's name. Okay. So it was reckoning that for me. I yeah. know all the rest. I, I, I know all the rest. Hell, I still call Shane Hayes uh, Slapjack because I think it's so much funny. <laughs> I've heard it a couple times coming from you, at least anyway. It's like, what can you do? Yeah, during the ROA show when I was having to review TF61. <laughs> yeah. Or TMDK, as they're called now. Oh, it's too many names to remember. That's the thing. When everybody switches, when they go back and forth, it's hard to keep a balance and know exactly where it is or what's going on. I struggle. Well, I just, I just like, I just like Shane. I just like Slapjack as opposed to Shane. Like, wouldn't you just love to just keep calling a wrestler Slapjack on commentary? On <laughs> It'd be hard to resist. It'd be I fun. love it. 
even if he changed his name, we'd want to call him Slapjack because it's fun. I agree. So, gentlemen, is there anything else 2023, anything that we missed that we want to want to chat about? Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I, I wanted to tie something together. Ed, you wanted to talk about uh, about uh, Jay White uh, and Munson, you teased about maybe our favorite <laughs> matches of the year. I'm going to yeah. say that my favorite match of this past year was shockingly on AEW, and it was FTR versus Jay White and Juice Robinson, the two out of three falls, hour-long match from Calgary. That was some good shit, man. That was some 80s Jim Crockett uh, tag team wrestling right there. Loved that match. Watched it twice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and for all the things I say about Jay White, and trust me, I say a whole lot of things about Jay White. Sure I've does. never taken away from his in-ring talent. The ability in the ring, I can't, you can't complain about. He's one of the most talented wrestlers in the world. He's a charisma vacuum. <laughs> he speaks in the entire room goes yeah. silent. But yeah, one of the most talented wrestlers in the and I love saying this in front of Tom, who's somewhere here lurking, <laughs> whose favorite wrestler in the world is Jay White, which is part of part of the reason for this whole joke is because of Tom. Sure that is. I used to joke with him about how Jay White's not good. And somehow it took on a life of its own. It really has. It carried well through 2023, actually. I know that uh Tom was uh with me on stream on a Sunday there as we were joking about Jay White potentially going to WWE and giving you two days of Jay White there. Ed. But uh, as Papa Smoke said, that match with FTR is great. And one of the o- most overlooked things in that whole matchup, let's talk about Juice Robinson for a minute. I think oh, Juice yeah. Robinson goes heavily overlooked for a wrestler in today's society. And I think unfairly as well, too, because I personally like Juice Robinson's work. Yeah, I think Juice is fantastic. I... um I've seen Juice work twice in person um, at Ring of Honor shows when I was going to Ring of Honor shows in Lowell throughout the years. And my favorite one was him and Dalton Castle wrestling against uh, LIJ. And that night it was um, Evil and Sonata. Okay. And I mean, oh, it's just those four guys are fantastic together. And when you think that, like, Juice has this weird energy to him, and you, n- you never know what you're going to get from him. But when you pair him with Dalton Castle, it's just energy and charisma on another level. Because you've already got Dalton, who just oozes everything that is great and cool with professionalism, in my mind. He's just this character that just doesn't care. Hasn't changed, won't change, doesn't care. And then you've got Juice, which is just this multifaceted character that can be, in NXT, he can want to save the world and be Daniel Bryan before Daniel Bryan got big. Or he can go to New Japan and Ring of Honor and be this macho man style, you know, baby face who just goes out there and, has the tassels and the robe and does the cool stuff. Or he can be this badass that he is right now with the, with the Bullet Club Gold over in AEW. And they all work. And they all do something because 
he embodies this personality in himself and in others that's just unshakable. I agree. Yeah. Let's uh, go to this real quickly. Bobby saying that his favorite match in NXT this year was Tiffany Stratton versus Becky Lynch. And in MLW was Alex Kane versus Tom Lawler. I will say that I preferred Kane and Hammerstone only because of the moment for Alex Kane more than anything. His match with Tom Lawler was an absolute banger. Uh, so not going to deny that that one deserves to be in the question. But uh, Ed, being the uh, expert on screen when it comes to NXT, uh, does Tiffany and Becky stand out as one of the top matches from NXT for 2023? Yeah, I mean, it stands out. It's, it's not my top match. Um, I'm widely hot take considered. I think Becky Lynch is vastly overrated in her wrestling. <laughs> um, You're I an okay company is... here. She... she... She's the fourth most talented fourth horsewoman, and it's not even close. Um, (laughs) That being said, her and and Tiffany put on a fantastic uh, match there. I mean, it it brought Tiffany to a new level. And yes, Becky may not be the most talented of the four horsewomen, but it, it took a young woman like Tiffany Stratton, who's been in the business for two years, whose gimmick when she started with us coming as a gymnast was I'm daddy's little rich girl. She had daddy's credit card and all she cared about was shopping. And two years later, she's morphed into this mean girl style, true female heel who can actually have some of the best wrestling matches on NXT's women's division. She's had matches it's great matches with Roxanne Perez, Lyra Valkyria, Becky Lynch, um, Indy Hartwell with the ladder match. She was supposed to win the title twice before she actually won it. She was supposed to win it in the ladder match. They decided to go with Indy Hartwell at the last second. And then Indy Hartwell was going to, was got injured in the match and she was supposed to win it there. And then Indy Hartwell got drafted, and she finally got to win the title in the tournament in Lowell against Lyra. So I don't think any person's come that close to winning the title twice, where they were literally moments away and mid-match decisions were made to not give her the championship at that point. And she still had the best year out of any female talent in NXT. And it, and it wasn't close. And she's oh. two years in, and the sky's the limit for what she can do. I can say that if I had daddy's credit cards, I'd have creditors after my ass. As uh, West Mountains comes in for the first time, saying Orange Cassie gives him uh, some wet gas. I, I, I can understand the stomach pains that you go yeah. through when having yeah. to watch an Orange Cassidy match because definitely not a fan on this side of the fence either. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. I mean, they pushed Cassidy to the moon over on that side of things. If he's your flavor, whatever, I guess. Just not my cup of tea by any means. And I think the biggest thing for Orange Cassidy is that Orange Cassidy speaks to, and we were talking about AEW and knowing their fan base and pushing to their fan base. Orange Cassidy is the guy that that fan base clamored for. It's the guy that that fan base enjoyed. It's a fan, it's a fan base that wants to push him and wants to see him do well. While other people may not want it, the core group, that core fan base for AEW wants somebody like Orange Cassidy doing well. So it's actually a smart decision by them to go ahead and pivot to a guy like him and give him 
the push that they've given him. Whether it, whether it irritates people like me, you, Papa Smokes, um, <clears throat> the fan base that watches their product, they're, they're listening to their fan base, which is all you can ever ask from any wrestling promotion, is to listen to the fan base and the people that you're dealing with. And if they want something and it's not going to ruin your promotion, do it. Yeah. Bobby saying uh, Nikita Lyons returning in NXT was great for 2023. Followed up by Barry saying, forget matches in NXT. The best NXT thing in 2023 so by far was the Stone family Thanksgiving dinner with special guest Vaughn Wagner. <laughs> As I, I see we're torturing you at this point, Ed. <laughs> no, so, so Barry has this sick fascination with the character that is Von Wagner. And, and Von Wagner is by no means a good for NXT. But, but Barry gets this twisted kink out of watching the, the horror that is Von Wagner. And I mean, it's oh, Von Wagner, something else. All right, I believe that we but officially I, got our got our start to a rant here. No, 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 no not even close. I, I, I think Vaughn's great. I think he tries real hard. I, I think he's got a, an ounce of talent, and if they can somehow figure out what package to put that in, they sure as hell haven't yet. Um, they try. They they got everybody going for a while there with, um, you know, the big thing that was on his head as a child and the removal of that. They got the emotional resonance that they wanted, and the fans were going with it. And NXT went too hard, too fast, and stared him to hell on the with the stairs when Braun Breaker kind of broke everything. <laughs> but I'm gonna let you guys finish up the show. Uh, okay. Have a wonderful 20 rest of 2023, guys, and I will join you hopefully sometime in 2024. For sure, but before you go, Ed, let's drop that ticker down below for you and let the people know what you got coming up here. What uh, what you're working on here tonight, even? Uh, you can find me on Ed Fries one twenty five eighty four. You can find me on Twitch, where I simulcast all of my live content with our local establishment at twitch.tv slash Ed Fries two thousand two. You can go ahead and also see my gaming content when I game over there. Um, tonight we will be recording two episodes because we were unable to record last night. Two episodes of Marvel's What If that will be dropping on the YouTube channel later on this evening. And one of them will be dropping uh, early in the morning tomorrow. Uh, we're talking about a brand new original character created by the Marvel by the Marvels uh, Entertainment that's never been in a comic book at all. What if has a first time character that's never been seen? It is a Native American ca character uh, who's never been seen at all whatsoever. So. It's an interesting episode to talk about. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about what if Hela found the Ten Rings. So a little Thor versus Shang-Chi stuff going on. So it's going to be fun. Awesome. Can't wait to watch that. Uh, everybody, make sure you check it out. Uh, Marvel Talk with Ed Fries as well as Andre C. And Ed, thank you as always for dropping in. I really appreciate spending some time with you, my friend. Thanks, uh, Ed. Bye-bye. All right. Cheers. Good night. Cheers, brother. All right, as I uh, go ahead and I'm going to uh, fix up our uh, screen here, Pop Smokes, hold on here. We got got to be a Ring Respect Radio one here that uh, we got. There we go. I think we're fixed. Hold on. All right. We'll, uh, get, back to, get back to our game here. But, yeah, great to have Ed come along 
And I got to ask Papa Spokes, uh, 2023, we, we've talked a lot about what's happened. Uh, I know that uh, West Mountains here, who's uh, coming in for the first time, thank you for joining us, is uh, saying that uh, why does AEW and WWE still try tournaments uh, in 2023 uh, when they'll never be able to recreate the top of the GOAT tournament, Mabel winning the King of the Ring? You are a sadistic <laughs> human being there, West Mountains. Uh, but yes, King King Mabel was a great thing of the uh, 1990s. Uh, Bobby, well, I think I wonder if Bobby's agreeing with that. Bobby, a thing, big fan of King Mabel, possibly there as well, too. But gotta ask Papa's folks anything else that we didn't cover tonight that you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? I don't think so. We talked about some of the big news in, in the major wrestling companies. Well, really, what's on my mind as, as we turn the calendar to the next year is PPW, baby. It was a great year in 2023. Kept up some momentum, got some more momentum, got some gigantic crowds, which we had never seen before. This opens it up for 2024. I can't even imagine what's going to happen. I know that the fans are hot for more. We got all kinds of talent knocking on the door that want to perform with PPW. It's good times. We've got lots of talent to choose from. We got lots of great matches to make and a whole ton of fans and beer with which we can all enjoy these shows. Man, I'm looking forward to it, Munson. Can't wait, Papa Spokes. It's going to be a fantastic year for Prairie Pro Wrestling for us here at our local establishment as well, too. We know that the channel's been doing great over the last yes. year, and we're going to see some more great things in 2024. Guarantee that, yes. including more great things for Ring Respect Radio. What do we got coming up, Papa Spokes? Well, we've got a trip through the territories coming at you in 2024. It's going to be talking all about the yeah. territories and who was uh, in charge of them. Who were the big names of them? That's coming up. We've got our watch-alongs there for MLW still coming up on the channel. On January the 18th is the return of What the Fuck Do We Know About Wrestling Pub Trivia Night here on Ring yeah. Respect Radio and so much more as always. Papa Spokes, go lots of great things. We thank each and every one of you for a successful 2023 here on Ring Respect Radio. A blast that we have had. Thank you for the video, bros. As we go ahead and go and put up the most expensive ticker on the planet, the ticker of Mr. Folks, oh. as he tells you where you can reach out to him. Now you can see where the money is. Even Elon Musk can see where the money is. And Elon, I'm bringing up your name right now because I am on your free speech platform. No tinfoil hats necessary. I'm on X at smokes underscore papa. You can also catch me on Twitch, the latest of the nudist channels that are out there, which <laughs> I am at Papa underscore smokes underscore. You know, Munson, we should be streaming on Twitch just with the uh, the black bars instead of clothing. Don't you think we're going <laughs> to get our viewership up a little bit? Re Respect Radio goes with the artistic nudity in 2024. Thanks to yeah. friends over at Twitch, but... Yes, uh, in the meantime and in between time, before we go with black bars and and uh, artistic nudity, there's my ticker down below where you can reach out to myself, Bobby Munson. I've got a lot of great things going on, including this show here, Ring Respect Radio on Thursday nights, as well as Point of View on Sundays, where you, the fans, get to direct the topic of conversation. And right now, the topic of conversation, Pop Smokes, is going over to our friend, Allison K. So pinkies up as we're raiding Allison's channel. 
from our local establishment on the Twitch side. Say hello from the video bros and over on the YouTube side of things. We thank you for tuning in to another great show here. As we say, all the best to you in 2024. And we're going to be back with an all new episode of Ring Respect Radio in one week's time right here on the channel. Take care, everybody. Happy New Year. And we'll see you next Thursday night.